Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. All right, welcome back. We talked about improving quality of candidates. Now let's talk about speed of filling roles. As I've already mentioned, it is super, super important to make sure that everyone involved in the job process, so in the hiring process, interviewing, all the way from posting the job to making the offer letter, knows how important this role is, knows when it is going live onto the job ads, knows when we estimate that interviews are going to happen for you, which is phase one of the job, for you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Manager over here, phase two of the job uh, interviewing process, and maybe for you know HR slash the final decision maker, this is when we think it'll be in your lap. Let's block out the cal- calendar. You should be measuring the speed of how quick a candidate moves from one process to another, or one phase, I should say, to to another. Once these metrics are built internally and you set a standard, similar job roles can be assessed and predicted on how long it's going to take to the time to fill these job roles in the future. External resources could be utilized here as well, maybe an external um, recruiter, for example. Next, you want to make sure, or at the same time, I should say, not next, you want to make sure that you improve the candidate experience. Ask the candidate for feedback to improve the process. Even when you've had to tell a candidate that, I'm sorry, we're going to... um, you know, remove you from the rest of this process. We've narrowed down our candidates. Thank you for your time. Ask them for their experience. I have had candidates say, you know, I didn't get the job, but I felt very respected. I knew what was going on this whole time, and I would definitely recommend somebody to your organization. Don't think that just because you've turned down a candidate that they're not still a fan of your organization. And when you get candidate experience, positive or negative, but definitely when it's negative, act on this data. Don't just think, oh, this candidate is upset or this candidate slash new hire, you know, expects the world. Act on this data. Don't ask if you don't want to know about it. Be sure during this entire process, the whole life cycle of recruiting, be sure that you are doing everything that you can to add diversity into your company via the recruiting process. So how would you do this? You need to make sure that you're analyzing the EEO demographic data of applicants. Now keep in mind, it's probably going to be voluntary because there's still applicants. So you're not necessarily gonna get that information. Um, So analyzing the demographics of your applicants and, and the recruiting sources. So when you use this recruiting source, and I'm just going to throw one out, indeed, you get this type of demographics. When you use this recruiting source over here, say LinkedIn, you get this type of demographics. When you use Facebook, you get a different type of demographics. So make sure that you are analyzing this information from your applicants if you ask that question of applicants 
And if you don't, how about from your employees as they become new hires? What has the diversity in your organizations changed? Yes or no? And what are you going to do about that? Do you need to make some changes to the job ad? Are you unintentionally excluding certain uh, demographics based on the specific requirements of the job role. So really take a look at that because this, again, will probably align with the diversity uh, programs and challenges and, and or goals that your company is facing throughout the organization. It starts with recruiting. We talked a little bit about recruiting and how we need to connect that to business efforts. What I want to talk about even more is, again, tracking recruiting efforts, but not just the hard costs, which are very easy to track, but the soft costs as well. Here's the thing. HR costs make up to 28% of a company's total operating expenses on average. This is a source from PwC. So for some of you, it might be less. For some of you, it might be way, way more. But there are a lot of costs, a lot of hidden costs involved with recruiting that I don't know if a lot of executives know about, or they do, but maybe they just push it to the side. I don't know if you know about it, so I'm going to go over some right now. Some of the costs, of course, are the costs per hire. It's literally HR's time, the recruiter's time, but it's everybody involved in the recruiting process. Who posted the ad? Who's looking at the resumes? Who's paying the bill for the ad? Who's talking to the candidates in the interview one, interview two, interview three? You know, who's um, going out of their way to travel to meet candidates if it's not in, uh, in the location of the main office, for example? But there are a lot of costs per hire job advertising costs. That's pretty easy to figure out, but you got to bring it down to per requisition, per job requisition slash job role. Recruitment software costs, initial and ongoing expenses. So if you're using any kind of software, you know, an applicant tracking system, what was the initial cost? What is the ongoing expenses? And how are you allocating that to all of the job requisitions? Or is that just a lump sum in the HR department or a lump sum in the recruiting department? All of these answers are going to be different from for every organization. There are costs to attend recruiting events. Now, I know we've gotten away from doing in-person events a lot more than we have in the past, but they, they are still there. They're coming back. You know, these could be recruiting events and networking events at trade schools, high schools, colleges. Well, there's a cost to fly there, to drive there, to get a hotel, to buy dinner, you know, to meet with the, the students as well. What about branding related to recruiting? Sometimes these things are hidden in marketing, but marketing will surely want to back charge it over to HR recruiting. How, you know, are you using specific company videos that were created for recruiting, social media, banners on the internet, print materials, and so on? Of course, we have additional hard costs such as background checks, drug screenings, and screenings for other, other type of screenings for conditional offers. Remember, you always want to make your offers to be conditioned on um, successful completion of the background check, drug screening, or whatever else it might be. It might also be references. But some of these things actually have hard costs attached to them. 
Many organizations do uh, skill tests or even personality type assessments, such as predictive index. There's a cost per candidate to do that. External recruitment agencies are huge costs, um, and I think uh, all of us know that. Are we tracking them? Listen, I'm not saying not to use external recruitment agencies. They are expensive, but then you don't have to deal with all these other costs that I'm dealing that I'm talking about. But in the big picture, even if you are using an external recruitment agency, you still have to sell the candidates on your organization with all of these other items that I've mentioned. What about also onboarding costs, including relocation expenses for candidates if you're requiring them to relocate? And don't forget about the labor of your current staff involved in uh, um, negotiating all of this and making sure all of this happens. Some of you may even have referral fees internally where you pay a candidate, I'm sorry, you pay a current employee to refer a candidate, and if they're higher, then they get a referral fee. Well, that should be included too. Even though it goes usually goes over to a labor cost, it really should be allocated to the recruiting budget. Other hard, you know, hard costs are everyone involved in the recruiting process, from reception and IT and hiring managers, coworkers who do screenings or conduct training. Again, I mentioned our, uh, recruiting software. Payroll clock costs also include sign-on bonus, bonuses. And then, of course, your benefits, especially your mandatory benefits, are going to increase. Your unemployment, maybe disability, health care, PTO, based on your policies, all of those costs are going to increase. Let's talk about some, ex, um, some soft costs that you may not be thinking about that 100% affect recruiting internally and externally, and it and affect your organization as a whole. Here's a big one. Your external reputation. Like I said, if your candidate has a negative experience, they're pretty likely to go ahead and report it on some social media, whether it's a traditional social media or a recruiting specific social media. And now you're going to have to fight that and fix your reputation. And here's what I really say is listen to what they're saying. You may not have liked how they said it or how they post it, but really, you know, take a deep breath and listen to what they are saying because it could affect your external reputation with your customers. Internal morale is going to be highly affected if you're not filling positions because that's putting all the burden on production on your current employees who are probably already stressed out, overworked, and they're feeling underpaid. So in, internal morale, employee morale and engagement may go down because people are tired and they're feeling burnt out due to the lack of staffing. Lot, therefore, what happens is loss of productivity. And now you also have loss of productivity of managers who are dealing with recruiting. So that's another reason why it's so important with the recruiting process to get the managers involved way up front before that ad even goes out. Make a plan, just like any project, project plan out this recruiting process so that you get it right. Other things that are hard to track but not impossible 
are this lost productivity during the recruiting process and then the new hire process, not just of the new hire, but the people who are training the new hire. You can um, measure this over time. You can measure this by you know goals and objectives and expectations being met or not being met. Um, you can do quantitative analysis. You can even measure it by things like process or profit, I'm sorry you're going to measure things differently than other companies. So you have to figure out what's right for you and what your executives are looking for, looking for um, in this information. Bottom line is you want to make sure you are improving your KPIs, no matter what they are, throughout the entire recruiting process. If you're not, if you're, you're filling positions, but your gross profit is staying the same, um, or your operating profit even is um, decreasing, versus improving, then something's going wrong in the recruiting process. Now, be careful not to jump to conclusions because sometimes you're filling recruiting uh, openings over here and unfortunately employees are leaving over there. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about a few more recruiting metrics that may be useful for your organization. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.